Welcome back to Adley Maestro, guys. This is episode 320. I'm your host, Tola Oglewe. And on today's episode of the show, I want to share with you an interview that I did on the Sports Mastery Podcast with Deshaun Fontleroy. And we talk about so many things. My start in sports, some of the difficulties that I've encountered, and the reason why I decided to help young athletes off the back of all my experiences in the world of sports and so many of the things that I've learned along the way. Deshaun would also share uh, the reasons why he started the Sports Mastery Podcast and, of course, so many of the things that he has seen in his journey helping young athletes get to the point where they currently are and, of course, establishing and getting to their goals the faster way. I also talk about sports law and why, of course, it's important for athletes to have a sports lawyer in their corner, so to speak, who kind of guides them on the things that they should be signing, what they should be working on, and so many of those other things. I'm also looking to bring Deshaun on the podcast as well, where we'll delve into so many things because he's an expert in uh, physical athletics training and so many of all those other things. I'm going to bring him on the podcast, but on today's episode, I just want to share with you quickly some of the things that we discussed on that episode and, of course, how it can be beneficial to you as well. Check out his podcast, Sports Mastery Podcast, and, of course, he has so many courses and so many resources all geared to helping young athletes achieve their goals in sports. Do not forget to check out the Athlete Maestro Blueprint, athletemaestro.com forward slash blueprint. It's important, guys, that you start out with the right foundation, and that's what you're going to learn from that blueprint, athletemaestro.com forward slash blueprint. So you 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 were explaining that you got into uh, you play. It looks like you play sports in uh, in school and then in college, yeah. and then you went into practicing or studying law. Yeah, exactly, exactly. My, my, my story is a funny, it's a funny one. It's a funny one. Um, you know, so basically, yeah, you know, the normal story, you grow up playing, you're very good at it. Then it now comes down to having a plan, which is why I resonated with your message a lot, you know, in terms of the kind of guidance you're trying to give the young athletes, especially on the coaching calls, where you're asking the guys to read out things and all that. Over on this side of the pond, we don't have that at all. So basically, everyone is left to fend for themselves. So you have this athlete who is good. He just believes he's good. And because he's good, he's going to get to whatever level he's supposed to get to. You get, there's no, there's no mental approach. There's no physical approach. There's no plan that, okay, this is what I'm going to do now. This is what I'm going to do next. So that was the kind of category that I fell into as well. You know, played in college, played in university as well. The plan was that once I was done with university, then I could then take this thing seriously. I could go full on you know, trying to get clubs, trials, all of those things. Unfortunately, about, about two months before graduation, I told my ACL. Then again, because of that lack of knowledge, I didn't realize it was an ACL that was torn. I thought it was just your normal knee sprain. After you rested a little bit, it will be fine. So I actually missed law school because of the plan that I had. So I was like, no, I'm not going to law school. You know, I'm going to go out, I'm going to go get trials and all of that. So I flew to London. For, I'd set up a trial with a club. So okay. I flew to London for that trial. And that was when my knee gave way. You know, so I then had to see a proper physio who then said, look, your knee is really messed up. When did you have this injury? And I was like, you know, I injured it maybe like six months ago. And they were like, wow. So I had all this debris in my knee because of the bone bruising, because the ACL is not there. You know, so if, if further damages, then I had to get surge and all of that. So while I was doing rehab, I then had to go to law school to qualify as a lawyer. So now I do sports law. And then I wanted to find a way to give back to the young athletes on this side. And I say, hey, look, man, 
let's get you proper guidance, these are the things that you should know, this is how you should approach it, you know, and, and, and stuff like that. So that's in a nugget, kind of like my story. Yes, I, I think it's really beautiful, man, because, you know, I, I played sports coming up and I played football in college, football in high school, okay. a little oh, bit of uh, professional. That's Amer- American football, right? Yes, American football. American football, yeah. And, and I played on a few different um, professional indoor football teams. But when you're younger, you never envision that. You, you envision playing at the highest level. True. And when things True. don't go your way, your way, if you didn't have like a leader or if you didn't have True. a guide or someone exactly. that could show you the way that had actually been there before, it could actually True. be disorienting when you're making the transition to the real world. True. So one of the things that you had discussed earlier, I wanted to get to where I can help athletes through these mm. social dynamics as far yeah. as, um, <clears throat> excuse me, preparing for the future, how to act yeah. on and off the field, how to act and be in yes. your community, you know, and at the same sure. time, how to deal with difficult coaches, because that can be a fact. Yes. But when you have a goal set, you have to learn how to maneuver with different behaviors and then understand oh, human nature. Mm, of course, of course. So I, I, would, I think that's, I was, what, that's what I love. That's what I love most, you know, listening to you coaching the guys. You know, so you have these young guys who need that guidance. Now, not everyone is going to become an athlete, but the decisions that they make at this point in time is actually what is key. You get it's determined what they do next, the direction that they go, you know, then kind of like their mental attitude going forward. Because for a while, after I came back to start practicing law after my surgery, and I knew that, hey, look, this soccer thing is not going to work out. You know, there were times where, you know, I would just be upset and angry. Yeah, because I, I felt like if only I knew better, because it wasn't a case of not having the resources. It wasn't a case of not having the connection. It wasn't a case of not, no, not, not having the resources to really take it the full way in terms of traveling. I would plan to come to the U.S. at some point for trials. Yeah, so that was not the problem. It was just a lack of proper guidance and knowing what to do at each time. You know, so which is why I appreciate your message, you trying to coach the boys, trying to guide them, how you doing in class, stuff like that. Great job. Yes, you know, um, it, 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 all, uh, it all adds up and you do have to have a plan. And then mm-hmm. sometimes you have plans within plans because just like you said, exactly. you're, you're planning for the physical standpoint. So you're planning your year-round training, whether you have preseason training, in-season training, off-season training yeah. with your team, club, or organization. Then you have like the skill development, you have the strength training, you know, you have your team training. So it becomes very, very difficult. You start as a young athlete behaving as a professional. You're just not getting paid for it. So we talk big, like, you know, from there, you still have the life in the classroom. Mm, so yes, that has yes. to be handled too, because over here to get to college, we have to go through, and I'm sure you have them in Nigeria, the entrance exams into the school. Yes. So we yes. have to prepare for that. And that can be just as difficult as training. I try to, ki- I try mm. to tell kids and parents to take those entrance exams like three or four times. Each time Good. it's just practice. Yeah, exactly. I think More I saw practice. one of those episodes where it was taking the mock exam. Yeah. That, that, that's correct. Yeah. You know, yeah. so we, we try to, we try to uh, treat school and the sports with an equal balance as far as yeah. the energy that we put into the, to both yeah. of them, you exactly. know. Exactly. I, I love that because, you know, over, over here, another thing that even makes it more difficult over here is that 
for example, in the US, you have a system that caters or gives you the ability to combine education and sports. For us on this side, you don't have that. So it's so difficult. Like, for example, there was, um, just like you have the NCAA, we have little university tournaments over here that you can participate in. So my university was participating in one of the tournaments. But when we were supposed to have the tournaments, I had my exams in school. So I had to choose, do I forfeit the semester and go play in the competition, which was in another state completely, or do I face my exams? You know, so here, it's usually more difficult for the athletes to decide how to combine it. So if they don't have proper guidance, they always leave one behind. So in terms of they either abandon the sport completely and then focus on the education, or they focus on the sports completely, abandon the education, then they're great so far. You know, so just trying to give them that kind of perspective and say, hey, look, yes, the system doesn't allow you to do that, but you as the athlete can take it upon yourself to do better, to do more, you know, in terms of taking control of your destiny, so to speak. You know, and that's what, that's what, that's what I loved about what you were doing and I found that similarity in what I was trying to do as well. And that's why I said, hey, look, let me send you an email. You might not respond, but let's just see how it goes. No, I, I, I really appreciate it, man. I really appreciate you listening and um, sharing my material. You know, it's interesting because it sounds like what you're telling me that mm -hmm. there's no concept or such thing as a student athlete in Nigeria. Exactly. Going to Traditional be or you're going to be an athlete. Exactly. And the interesting part about that is if you choose to be an athlete, you haven't built yourself up to be well-rounded to make the next step after exactly. that if you blow out your knee. Or eventually the crowd's going to go away. You have to stop playing at some point. Exactly. You know? exactly. So then on the, the flip side of that is if you just go the athletic route, Maybe you don't learn and understand fitness and how that applies to life and how you can yeah. take the things that you learn in team sports to the boardroom exactly. or to a, exactly. uh, uh, starting your own company or venture. Exactly. Exactly. You, you have it spot on. Because I, I give the same example myself. I said, look, if I, wasn't, if I wasn't privileged, so to speak, or if I didn't have resources or if I didn't have parents and family members that were guiding me the right way, when I blow up my knee, if I had gone all in for that, I would have been left blindsided. So I would, have, I would have had to start the process of school all over again, as opposed to me being in final year, almost graduating, and then busting my knee. You know, so that's an example I give. And I said, hey, look, it's not necessarily about you not going full on, but what are your options? How are you equipping yourself the right way to have the right tools to deal with life? Because, I mean, there's more to this thing than just being an athlete and playing sports and all of that. You, you know, uh... It, 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 I can see how your situation could be quite difficult because you would, a, a, a young person would need somebody like you in their corner because there might be a situation where a particular individual, you know what, it might be better off going to school. Yeah. So there has to be a gentleman or there has to be women like you or, or women, you know, if, if they're professional athletes or they aspire to play at a higher level where you have somebody that can be objective about the athlete's skill and talents sure. and not mm -hmm. have them waste their time or to mm -hmm. figure out a way to fulfill their wants and needs athletically and academically with balance. True, true, perfect. Yeah, very valid point because it's, it's, it's actually important. And that's, what I, that's the first thing that I always tell young guys. I say, look, 
everyone starts out with this dream. They start out with this thing that they want to do. But the truth is, not everyone is going to be an athlete. So the minute that you realize that and you realize that, look, there are other things involved, you know, that you can focus on, that you should focus on, then it kind of gives you like a rounded perspective of what they should be focusing on. And that's what I try to do. I say, hey, look, okay, let me see you play, send me your tapes or whatever it is that you do. And then when I see that, I can then say, hey, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not in the business of counseling or cajoling or trying to make you feel good about yourself. I'm here to be objective. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I'm here to be objective. And I'm here to give it to you as it is. You see, going down this path for you is not going to work. Because for me, I have people that still see me till this day and they say things like, I can't imagine you didn't play professionally. Why didn't you take it a step further? Why? I mean, obviously they didn't know about my injury. So they just saw me playing in school, you know, the kind of determination that I had, mental toughness, all of those things. So till today, I mean, my injury was nine years ago. You know, so till today, they still ask me those questions. And that was because the talent was there. But for the guys who don't have an option and they just started playing whatever sport it was from a young age and the talent is not there, look, I'm always quick to tell them, hey, look, I'm sorry, but this might not work out. You need to equip yourself in other ways so that you can still make progress in life. So I get your point. Yes. Uh, that it, I find it to be quite an interesting dynamic, man, because over here, mm. it's like they, we, we grow up playing multiple sports to become mm. a better athlete. And then sure. normally about once you get to high school or what would be like, maybe 10th or 11th grade, then you'll decide to mm. just do one or about at age 15 or 16. And then sure. we just focus on one sport. You know, um, you do have those rare phenomenons that can go to the university level here and play two sports. Yeah. But you know, that, that, that's rare. So you're putting in a lot of work from the age of five, six or seven mm. on into like, your late teens and for some of us are early twenties. Yeah. You know, which, which if it all ends at 22 years old, then you have to have a transition plan and it has to sure. go, it has to go semi smooth. And you would have want to been having those conversations with someone prior that had been through that experience or walked through what we call that field of landmines because exactly. you know where they all are and you can help somebody get to the other side. Exactly. You see, what, what even makes it worse is that in, you see, in Nigeria here, the percentage of athletes, like professional athletes that went to school, I think the last time a study was done, they were, I think it was probably about 5% or something. So if you see any Nigerian athlete who is a professional in their sport, there is a higher chance that they did not go to school. So maybe they, maybe they went to primary school or something. But when you're talking about high school, when you're talking about college, university, getting a degree, they just don't have it because the system doesn't allow them to do that. So you hear about all those people that eventually make it, so we see them on TV, we see them at the Olympics, but what you don't hear is the others that fell by the wayside and don't have anything they're doing now. You know, so obviously, if they're 25, 26, it's too embarrassing for them to go back to school, or they don't even have the patience, you know, to sit in a class and learn something, because they feel like, look, I'm past this level, and that's when they now try to start hustling, you know, try, try to start putting things together, no direction. They don't have anything specific they're focusing on. And it's a real problem because they've not been equipped with the tools that they need in order to move forward. There was a time I, I, I sent an email to my email list, you know, saying some of the things that the young athletes needed to do in order to 
uh, even make progress in their careers in football. And I got an interesting email back from a guy who said, if those are the things that I need to do, then I don't think I want to play sports anymore. And I replied to him and I said, that is actually good for you because you don't want to waste five, six years of your life trying, trying, not putting in the effort that you should in the right way and then only finding out that, hey, look, I only wasted my time. What do I do now? You know, I, I was going to uh, ask you, Tola. Hmm. So the kids that maybe they sustain an injury or once they retire, even if they have to retire early, and then the ones that aren't set with the, uh, the innate ability to go back to school or to try to go to school to better themselves, what, what does it look for, like for that group socially or demogra- demogra- what does it look like for that demographic socially? What, what are they transitioning into or what are they doing? Yeah, that's, a, that's part of the problem. So they don't translate into anything. So what they then do is that they try to, for the ones that maybe they played to a certain level, what they then do is that they try to cling on to that life, you know, of being a former whatever player. So they always have that former attached to their name. So there's nothing they're doing currently, but they always need to have that attachment to what they were doing before so that it gives them some form of relevance. Now, that is even for the ones that were able to do it to a certain point. For the ones that weren't able to do it to a certain point, those guys just sink into depression. You know, and those are the guys that you then see them with drug-related issues. They have alcohol issues, medical issues, because they can't come out and see what their problem is without people laughing at them or without feeling like people are going to laugh at them that, hey, look at this guy. You know, he thought he could be the next best thing, wasted all his time didn't amount to anything, you know, more or less like a wasted talent. So those guys usually end up just going down the drain. You don't hear from them. You don't see them. You don't hear anything whatsoever as it relates to them. All you hear is maybe when there's a major problem. So they end up with some alcohol-related issue or they get involved with the police or something like that. But for the ones that played to a certain point, whatever point it was, they always have to attach that format to themselves. Now, one opportunity that they've been getting now is punditry, so sports punditry, so commentary and all of that. But even that, you're going to see that they are not good at it. You know, so they don't have good command of English, for example, you know, to be even able to, you know, put the sentences together. Because I also have a radio show that I do on radio where we talk about, you know, soccer events, uh, things that are going on in sport. And you're going to see these guys who, I mean, they just, is is sad but they just can't construct sentences, you know, so the grammatical errors in what they're doing. So once they get that first opportunity, they never get it again because it's not putting the show in good light. Or the guys that are watching are going to be criticizing and saying, why do you have someone on who can't speak English? Why do you have someone on who doesn't make sense with what he's saying? You know, so when they even get the opportunity, it almost goes by the wayside. The only ones that survive that are the ones that have some form of educational background or the ones that have tried to improve themselves after they got injured, after they stopped playing, whichever one it is. But the ones, for the ones that don't, it's usually a problem. Yeah, so it, it's, like, it's like you're saying either way, you have to go, you're going to have to have a plan for education or a plan for self-improvement. But they're really one in the same whether you educate yourself, you know, through the university system or find a teacher or start to do your own research and, you know, work on your language, work on your vocabulary, work on what it would be like speaking in front of a camera if you were speaking for an organization. That makes a lot of sense because 
if you can speak properly, you're helping the show with its ratings due to, you know, your pop popularity. <clears throat> you know, I also exactly. hear you, I also hear you, hear you, you know, um, expressing that it's the retired athlete that holds on to the former, that former professional, like it's yeah, exactly. like it's a title, <laughs> like a title. Yeah you know, and holding yes. on to that. And at the end of the day, it's funny you mentioned some of these things because it's all imaginary. You played the sport. Yeah. If you're really putting in the work to get to the next level or, or improving yourself, you're not concerned with what other people think, you know? So exactly. it, it sounds like on that level, you know, being here in the, in the U.S. in Portland, Oregon, and you being in Nigeria, there, there are some similar social dynamics on how you're mm -hmm. made to feel, which could mm -hmm. be imaginary. You know yeah. what I mean? Because we start thinking or worrying about what other people think. Where at the end of sure. the day, you have to, you know, you have to punt them like a football and not worry about other people, you know, sure. and just really focus on yourself, you know, sure. because if that's the case, they weren't your friends anyway. True, <clears throat> true. And I also, that's, that's another thing that I also try to advise and, you know, try to guide young athletes that, look, the team that you surround yourself with, quote unquote, or the people that you surround yourself with are key. You know, because we have this, um, what would I call it now? We have this bandwagon thing here, and I'm sure you have it as well. You know, so you're going to see a guy, like, for example, when I was in high school, I played basketball. I played basketball, I played soccer, I played table tennis, which is like, which is ping pong, and then I ran track as well. So now I'm about five feet seven. So obviously, I'm just imagining myself, you know, wanting to continue playing basketball. For example, and you know, everyone around me telling me how good I was, how you know I'm going to make it. But the average height of a basketball player who is going to make it is at least five feet eleven. You know, and so if you don't have people who are going to tell you that, hey, look, this might not be your track because first and foremost, you don't have the physical attributes to actually do it, and you don't fall into the criteria of the athletes that would make it in that field. Many of them don't have people that tell them that. So they have people that just sing their praises and fit them with all these things. When it comes to the critical time where they now need their support because things are not turning out the way it should, all of those people disappear. You know, so the guy is now left on his own to fend for himself, not knowing where to go next. Yeah, and, and that's where the guy comes in, you know, as far, as far as playing like multiple sports. And then you have somebody that's subjective yeah. that says, you know what? you're five foot seven, you might be more suited for soccer because basketball is a height dominated sport. Sure. Or we might go the track exactly. and field route, or we might play uh, rugby, or it might be lacrosse or whatever, whatever it is. You know what I mean? And one thing I can say from my studies, the, uh, the, the former uh, Russians in the Eastern Bloc, they were really good about that as far as understanding a young athlete's personality type their mm. disposition, you know, their height and their body weight as far as exactly. channeling, them to, channeling them to the right sport to where they could uh, make the most of it or get the furthest front, get the uh, most out of it and then benefit from it afterwards, you sure. know. So for you, if you would have had, had a kept playing basketball, you might have had the same kind of ending, you know. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, when you're short, obviously we'd have had to been a point guard and then you would have to be a shooting point guard you know, yeah. where you can make buckets, make nine out of 10 threes in competition, you know, yeah. or have a 40 inch vertical or a 45 inch vertical where you're dunking, you know, like some exactly. of the shorter guys in the uh, U.S. in the past. So yeah. I think it's brilliant what you're doing over there 
And like anything, you got to love it because it's always a battle. And what I, I tell one of my friends is like, this is good when we stumble on to new information or new problems, but because it gives us an opportunity to help people and talk about oh, yes. things that people can't see. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, of course. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just like over here, you know, over there in the U.S., you know, you have this kind of like breakdown where uh, there, there, there's so many sports psychologists you know, that are, you know, trying to help young athletes with these things, even if they don't know that they have the problem yet. You see, over here, it's, it's less. You know, I can count on one finger, for example, the psychologists here that are specialized with helping young athletes. So I'm not saying the guys that are attached to the national teams. So just like we have the national soccer team, we have the national basketball team, or we have the national teams that are going to be going to the Olympics. Now, there's always a sports psychologist that are attached to them, but that person is, is, is at such a high level that they're not going to be focused or they're not focused on the younger athletes, you know, the guys that are 16, 15, 19, you know, that are just at the cost of having the required mental attitude, you know, to prepare them for what is next. So we don't even have that at all. So anytime, anytime I'm talking to young athletes and I'm trying to help them, it's always like um, I'm speaking Greek for like the first, first 15 minutes or thereabout because all they want to do is they just want to play. You know, so they play soccer, they want to kick something. They're playing basketball, they want to throw something. Or they want to run. And I'm like, hey, look, the physical aspect is there, yes. But the mental aspect is just as key. Understanding those mental things, the mental toughness, the mindset that you need to have in order to play well, that's another disadvantage that we have. Which is why I started the podcast and I said, hey, look, whatever I can do to give back and make young athletes more aware of what is going on so that they don't get to the end and realize that, oh, look, wow, I just wasted my time all this while. That is the specific focus. And that's why I'm, I'm so happy with the work that you do as well. And even me listening to your message was like, oh, wow, this is great. This is good stuff. You know, this is more of what we need over on this side so that more young athletes are aware. They know that, hey, look, man, there's more to just kicking and just throwing things. There are other things that I need to focus on. Ladies and gentlemen, we're listening to Adatola Agunlewe. Dr. Uh, Adetola, I want to say, y'all, Tola Agunlewe, he has a background in sports, playing at a high level, and then he's also a practicing attorney. Now, uh, yeah. Coach, tell us about your practice and what it is that you do and how you got into sports law. Uh, well, basically, uh, the way that, you know, just like I said a little earlier, um, I've always wanted to play sports, you know, but one of the conditions that I had in order to fully go down that route was to go to school. So that was a non-negotiable part of it for my parents. So they said, look, you go to school. Now, another thing that I'll make funny to you is that I was a full science student coming out of high school. You know, so all your physics, biology, chemistry, like the full science subjects, what I did. But when it goes to the point of deciding what to do next, I decided to choose the faster option and law came about. You know, so it wasn't like, oh, I like law or that was what I was more passionate about. It was what could get me to the end quicker. And it was law. So <laughs> what could get me to the end quicker? And it was law. So I took it. I excelled at it. And just like I said, just as I was about to graduate, two months before my graduation. And you know, the funny thing was my injury was a freak injury. I didn't need to play that game. If I was, if I was more aware, you know, if I, if I knew more of what was at stake, I wouldn't have taken the risk that I took at the time. So it was just a normal kickabout. You know, I was playing with these guys who um, they didn't have anything they were looking forward to. 
you know, they were just having a kick about, you know, and this guy clatters into me completely, gets me out of the game. And that, that was how I, that was how I got the injury. And of course the attention then shifted to law. And I said, Hey, look, I could be a normal lawyer, but then that would take me away from sports. And I still wanted to be connected to sports. So I said, Hey, look, I need to be connected chose the sports law route, you know, so helping young athletes with agents, you know, and over here as well, we have so many fraudulent agents. I can't tell you, you know, how bad it is in the system of agents trying to take advantage of the younger athletes and all of that. So we try to help them do that, look into their contracts and show that they are properly guided physically, mentally, and on the legal side. You know, I, I really appreciate that. So you, you, you have your own agency or are you a part of another agency there that represents athletes? No, I have, I have my own agency, my own sports Now, what, what I wanted to uh, ask you, uh, Tola, as we get into the fourth quarter, tell us about training facilities. You know, we have these fancy facilities here in the U.S. I've heard other people talk about the, what the facilities are like in Jamaica as far as like the sprint team, uh, yeah. like tennis places that, uh, oh, that might be over in Russia or uh, China or Japan. And, you yeah. know, you know y'all, y'all are known for, you know, the soccer and the running. What are yeah. the physical training environments like? Or do you have like a rehab clinic like we have over here with physical therapists, physio? therapists, licensed massage therapists, chiropractors, acupuncturists. What, what, what is that like for recovery being like a, a Nigerian or an African athlete, you know, on that side of the water? Uh, uh, that, this, this, is, this is another story. I, I feel like I'm telling so many stories today. Now, you see, when I tore my ACL and I got injured, it would interest you to know that there was no, uh, there was no doctor in Nigeria at the time who actually knew what it was and how to get me better. You know, it would surprise you. It would surprise you to know that. You know, so when I got injured, when I went to the hospital and I said, hey, look, I have this niggling injury. Some guy clattered into me. It was really bad. I almost passed out. Uh, it's, it's, it's swollen. What do I do? You know, so the first thing that he would have said, which was what I got to know later, was, okay, rest the knee for a few days. Let the swelling go down. Then we can do an MRI to see what exactly is going in there. What I was asked to do was to do an x-ray. You know, so obviously an x-ray only shows you if any bone is broken. Again, it doesn't show you the ligaments, doesn't show you the tendons, doesn't show you all of those things. So in terms of the uh, rehabilitation stuff, now it's better. When I go back from London from my surgery and I was looking for where to rehabilitate, there was only one physio in Nigeria who had the experience with AC health reconstruction surgeries. And that was the person that I had to go to and say, hey, look, I'm just coming out of ACL surgery. Can I work with you? Can you help me rehabilitate? If I had the injury or if I had the surgery six months earlier, I would have been on my own because I would not have been able to rehabilitate in Nigeria. I would have had to rehabilitate abroad because there was just no one in Nigeria that could do that stuff. But it's much better now. You have more guys getting involved in the sports field and many of all these things because it's clear that there's a, there's a deficiency in that area because we need more people to actually help out with things that are so, whilst you guys have all of those facilities, big stuff, you know, we have little of it. So if you're a young athlete here on the, over the side of the pond, you always pray that you don't get injured because if you get injured, you are not sure that you're going to get someone, you know, that can help you recover.
Right. So what is it like uh, if you're a, a soccer player and you want to get a little bit bigger, stronger, so you can run faster, where does that kid go or that young person go to get strength training or to do barbell or kettlebell work? Uh, no, what, what, what do you tell you? Probably you just go to the gym. You go to a general gym, you talk to the person who owns the gym or who is, who is a coach in the gym, and then that person tells you, okay, you probably need to eat more food, or they come up with a plan for you. But in terms of having, like, specific people, of specific people to work with in terms of what they're doing, what they're trying to achieve, it's, it's, it's not so pronounced now in Nigeria. But, you know, there are people that are working in that field now to help young artists realize that, hey, look, okay, just like you said, this is the body composition that you must have. Uh, these are the things that you must focus on. These are the specific trainings that you must go through. In order to, the only people that get that are people that get to train with the national teams. You know, but if you're a young athlete, if you're 15, 16, you're mostly left to fend for yourself in terms of coming up with what you have to do in order to make progress. Yeah, so it, sound, it sounds like you're, you're, uh, that's a, another hole that you could help fulfill as far as maybe exactly. bringing parties together down the line as far as the athlete and the proper coach to get bigger, faster, stronger for soccer. Because I've met kids over here that's been playing soccer all of their life and they know the rules. They have all the technical things down, mm. but they might be a little slight, you know, on the physical side. Maybe they're not as tall sure. as some of the other kids or they don't have the same muscle mass. And over here, yeah. you know, soccer is it's, it's a lifestyle where you have your high school team, you have your club team, and you have select teams. Mm. So they pretty much play year round and it doesn't sure. warrant enough room for strength training or having recovery. You know, and that's one of the things that uh, we we would say in the United States is an issue. And it's even like that for our, uh, our, our younger basketball athletes, because it takes up so much of their time. They're playing on their high school team. And then soon as high school done, they play what's called AAU basketball, you know, so it can be quite tough, especially yeah. if you get an injury. And it's pressure. You know, um, you have travel teams. They go to New York. They go to Texas. They go to Chicago. So kids get sold on you know like we discussed before a dream but they don't think about getting injured or hurt yeah you know and then recovering from the injury i hope you guys enjoyed that episode head over to adlimashu.com tell me what you learned from that episode if you enjoyed it and of course the discussion between me and deshaun and of course i'm looking to bring deshaun on the podcast as well to discuss uh, so many of all of the things that he has learned in working with young athletes so of course you can get a step closer to achieving your goals in sports do not forget the Ali Marshall blueprint is live athletemarshall.com forward slash blueprint get that blueprint start working on it before it is too late and of course before it costs you more than it should share this episode if you enjoyed it with any athlete that you know share it on twitter instagram facebook tag me as well at Tola Oglem. and of course i want you to leave a rating and review honest rating and review if you have benefited, if you're learning anything from the podcast whatsoever, leave us a rating and review. That's the way that more athletes will get to hear the podcast. They get to see what we're trying to do. They get to see how we're trying to help athletes get a step closer to achieving their goals in sports. Athletemaestro.com forward slash subscribe. That's where you learn how to do that. Athletemaestro.com forward slash subscribe. But don't forget, get that blueprint. 
at itmaster.com forward slash blueprint. I'll catch you on the next episode of the show where we'll be talking something motivational. Remember, knowing is not enough, you must apply. Willing is not enough, you must do. I want you to go out there. I want you to learn all the lessons you can from this episode, from my interview on the Sports Mastery Podcast. I want you to go out there and I want you to be a maestro today and every single day.